That's so Braven. If you don't listen to this podcast, do you know what happens? You get it. Okay. I feel good about that. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is a very special edition episode of That's So Braven, as I have special guest Sledge, Hammer, Hello, and Sweetwater. What up? And uh, this week we're going to do a Wrestlecation episode. Am I saying that right, everyone? It sounded hey, forgot Stacey, like... Hi, I'm here. Hi. I said I said hammer. You forgot to say Stacy's. Did you? I didn't hear hammer. I didn't hear it. I said hammer. I didn't hear it. No, he's making it up. We'll have to go back to the file. Well, no. I think he's lying. Let's fix it in post. No, yeah, it we'll was fix there. It later. Nothing to fix. <laughs> it was there. But uh, this is an episode that we've been talking about doing for a while. We're live and now. Uh, now that there's Austin here, there's two people to answer questions about. Like, Stacy watches Raw with Drew, John, and I, and Austin when I'm there and stuff like that, but Sledge, what is your familiarity with professional wrestling? Oh, oh, oh my familiarity with uh, professional wrestling. Uh, until I met you guys, uh, I automatically assumed it was watched by, uh, for, forgive my poor vernacular, uh, the, the trailer trash... <laughs> You know, white trash, you know, uh, Trump supporter that, uh, you know, that that needed something to get their rocks off on for when girls in in spandex came on the screen. Austin's very upset. I'm setting myself up as the heel. I'm the heel. I'm not upset. You're not wrong. That's a a lot of people think that you're not wrong. I'm not mad at you. You're just not and here's the first formed. lesson on that one, and that's a that's a very like uh, that would be very true of like the southern territories in the '80s and '90s. Like it's very southern wrestling. We got our dips in. We're watching guys punch each other. Well, and like honestly, <laughs> since I've done research, the homework that you sent me, like I've gotten. <laughs> A different appreciation. Yeah. Like I, I listened to interviews by this guy, uh, CM Punk, mm-hmm. uh, which actually seemed to be very intelligent. Uh, yeah. Countercultural kind of like icon. He he was even on like with Chris Cluey uh, mm-hmm. on the uh, Puzzle in the Thunderstorm guys, and uh, I really I really actually liked him quite a bit. I don't know much about him. Uh, but uh, I know he was um, what was considered maybe maybe you know, a because villain. CM Punk was uh, what many and, consider uh, an anti-hero. I, I really liked the villain. Like he was so maybe not technically a I'm bad a guy, maybe not technically technically a good guy, but he kind of appealed to both sides of the spectrum there. So yeah, I mean he was a bad guy at times, like when he was pouring alcohol all over the guy who had just gotten out of alcohol rehab for a story mode. He was obviously a pretty hardcore bad guy at that point. So if if you're right, Austin's the biggest CM Punk fan in the world, so he should take this. The biggest. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I'm the biggest fan, but I, you know, CM Punk's <laughs> CM Punk is the wrestler that got me back into it when I was going uh, from like being a high school kid to being an adult. Uh, CM Punk drew me back in because he was the straight edge guy who 
wrestled, and he said his addiction was wrestling. So I was like, oh, cool, that's unique and different. And then he started this whole thing where he's like uh, preaching, essentially, that drugs and alcohol are bad, and if you do it at all, you're the devil. And I was like, whoa, man, like, yeah, that's not cool. Like, even I'm not down with that. So even I hated CM Punk, but I loved watching his work because it's like he's getting a good reaction from everyone in the crowd, and then he went to be the best in the world, and then he was the bad guy who beat up the rock like he there's roller coasters with every wrestler and that's what happened with cm punk so he was an anti-hero but he was also a hero and then he was a bad guy and then he's a good guy it's it's uh it's a roller coaster that's a good way to describe wrestling it's a roller coaster. and that was to me uh that was what was new to me was the theater behind it all because when oh, i had friends damn. growing up you know, the guys with the rat tails and, you know, the absentee Shit. fathers and... Hey, now! <laughs> what is with you and Stacy just, like, picking on everything about me? It's, it's fine, I'm kidding. And, There's uh, no therapy needed at all, it's cool. Like I said, I'm the heel. Um, so, like, <laughs> when, when, like, going into this... And stuff like that, What, where I was raised and stuff like that. The friends that I had that did the, the best I can think of my experience with wrestling in, in WWF era was uh, <laughs> Zeke from Bob's Burgers. All my friends uh-huh. that watched wrestling was Zeke. And uh, that seems to have changed because I don't, like... All, all the nerds on the court of nerds that watch wrestling, they're not Zeke, you know? So what has changed how, demographically, you know, uh, wise in wrestling? What is What part of the audience has changed? How has it expanded? This, this side of wrestling changed, I think, starting in 1997 when wrestling really, really went mainstream. And you had two mainstream companies drawing four million viewers each each week and the second it went mainstream and you were seeing these guys on the cover of people magazine and the tv guide and on the late night shows it made it normal like it made it like okay for guys like me at my age back then to like like wrestling because shit Jay Fallon likes wrestling. Jay Fallon. Jay Leno likes wrestling. (laughs) Jay uh, Fallon? Yeah. I think it happened like that 97, 98 range when it was like full on mainstream. It's like, okay, it's not just your trailer park guy looking to watch mm-hmm. the fights. You also saw an influx of like NFL stars and NBA stars, and you saw all these athletes kind of make a little bit of a transition into the wrestling world. So, like, you had Lawrence Taylor at WrestleMania, you had Dennis Rodman in DC, uh, WCW. Um, wait, wait, you're you trying Carl- to ingratiate me to this. Like, why are you giving them as examples? Well, because those those are well-known guys in the world of athletics that people Dennis Rodman, identify with. You, the Pyong Chang, you know, <laughs> ambassador that we have. Back, back in the 90s, he was a, a Chicago Bull and yeah, a Detroit Piston and yeah, an actual basketball player. player. Be, uh, all right, I'm going to side note right here. Remember when it. Dennis Rodman had his mental breakdown? Uh, Which one? Well, the first, the absolute first one as a bad boy, and he was caught with a shotgun yeah. uh, in his mouth outside of the Palace of Auburn Hills, uh, threatening to commit suicide. Do you remember that story at all? 
No, it was long. my uncle Lorne that I talked do. him down. Wow. Yes. Really? He was a retired really? sergeant from the police from from the Detroit Police Force. So hey, Michigan uh, stories there. Big props to my uncle Lauren. <laughs> nice job, Uncle Lauren. Yeah. Absolutely. Lauren Brown. Good job, Uncle Lauren. Ah. Lauren Fletch. <laughs> he has no idea what that is. <laughs> but no, that DDP Carl Malone versus Hulk Hogan Dennis Rodman tag team match at Bash at the Beach, like '97 or '98. I forget which one. That 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 was unbelievable. Like, Rodman and Malone were gifted athletes, who, and that took it, like, next level. This isn't even Vince McMahon's company. That This is WCW, which was a southern wrestling company seven, eight years prior, and now it's freaking mainstream, better ratings than WWF from New York, the high-class product. It, it was an insane shift of events, and that's why it is the way it is today. And not to mention the fact that so many wrestlers went into Hollywood. I mean, Hulk Hogan was in Hollywood. John Cena, Randy Orton, uh, The Rock, <laughs> you name all these people, uh, The Miz even, oh. you know, all these people who are just in terrible or sometimes decent movies, Triple H, he's in the, the what is that called, uh, The Chaperone, which is on Netflix, and I've watched it, I'm not ashamed to admit I watched it. Triple H was in uh, Blade 3 too. Uh, Batista, Batista in <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, which is an actually successful movie. And uh the best like WWE movie though was that Stone Cold one. Oh on yeah, uh, like el- the Eliminator or something. There you the go. Condemned. I totally the disagree. <laughs> like it has to be Suburban Commando. Get out of here! Oh God! <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper, one of the most famous movie lines. I'm here to kick ass and uh, chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. I mean. That's one that everyone can identify with. So the, the, the mainstream and then the world of wrestling have always kind of become intertwined. But like Ben said, in the 90s, it just kind of exploded to a whole new level. And then it became just a normal thing for people. It wasn't, it wasn't uncool to watch wrestling. You weren't a hick, like you said. We're, we're doing I mean, the uh, tantamount most hick thing that we could do as a bunch of white guys talking over uh, the girl in our group. <laughs> Stacy, you had some actually serious <laughs> questions for these guys. Uh, well, I wanted to build off one of the wrestlers that you guys. All right, thanks, Stacy. Oh no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what a yes, dick, thank you, Kevin. I'm not even gonna say what Kevin just did on screen. Uh, so my question, I, one thing that I always thought about no, when I heard about wrestling was Hulk Hogan. I didn't understand why Hulk Hogan was even a thing. Like, why do people like him so much? Yeah, go for it, Ben. <laughs> well, um, when you're, I don't know, Hulk Hogan is like what ev- what got every dude my age into wrestling, basically, was Hulk Hogan. I mean, you're four or five years old, and you see this superhero character beating up the bad, cartoony, evil guys every week, week in, week out, and he's saying his prayers and taking his vitamins and flexing his 26-inch pythons, brother. And, um he was just i mean that was like 1990s and 1980s kids crack like hulk hogan fit that bill like it was at that patriotic weird time and he just worked and he was i mean a larger than life character too i mean that dude is an insane you, you athlete mean, and you mean before he was fucking too. his daughter's friends Ooh. oh no yeah right yeah yeah oh no <laughs> or, or before he was racist hey yeah 
Yeah, well before that, like, let's go pre-1994, Hulk Hogan was like... I mean, Hulk Hogan was one of the biggest stars in the world. Do you think that those sorts of characters, like Undertaker and Goldust, you know, you said you have all these larger-than-life characters. When I watch Raw, I just see guys out there, they're playing a role, Mm -hmm. but where are all, like, the super weird ones with the, you know, cane, like, the weird masks and all that stuff and all the strange outfits? I feel like that doesn't exist. The fashion police, that's like... Uh, no way, Jose. I guess those would be considered strange, but they're not like Kane <laughs> and the Undertaker and Goldust. Like, what happened to all of those? Is that just a cultural shift? Is that them trying to grow it to make it more mainstream so it's not so weird? Yeah, that's a good question. Just because I think right now it is mostly just dudes <laughs> fighting. And it's it's not an androgynous crossdresser fighting a dead <laughs> Undertaker, which is what interests me. Where is the sting? Like, where is the guy in the kiss yeah. makeup? You know, that is you know jumping in and saying stuff from the crow. I mean, Finn Balor. Yeah. Finn Balor. Like, what's he the weirdest guy in WWE right now? Or when he was the demon? Yeah. He. He wears the makeup, like, once a year at best. So it's, like, a special attraction type deal. I mean, the weirdest character in WWE right now is, or, yeah, Bray Wyatt. Or Matt Hardy. Broke and Matt Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. And, I, and other than that, it's just good dudes or bad dudes And I don't even know other. if there's good or bad dudes anymore. That's something that Triple H has talked about in interviews. It's, it's, there's a whole lot of gray area, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's them letting the crowd decide if they want to like or dislike someone. For instance, Roman Reigns. He's one that all the kids love and all the girls love. When I was at Money in the Bank, there was a girl who was dressed in a Roman Reigns garb with a vest and everything, and I made fun of her the whole time. She was a good, she was a good sport about it. Uh, but you know, girls and kids, that, those are the only ones who like Roman Reigns, and then ever, all the guys are booing him. It, it's one of those where he's – but he's not a bad guy. What is he doing that's bad in the world of wrestling? You know what yeah. I mean? And here's the thing to describe what Roman Roman Reigns is what they are trying to bill as the top guy right now, the John Cena, the Hulk Hogan of the company right now. He is number one. He is the top draw. But right now the fans are rejecting the character because it's being, many fields shoved down their throat and stuff like that. Like, it's like, this is like if WWE fans rejected John Cena as the top guy in 2005, more so than they did at the time in 2005 because Roman Reigns is extremely polarizing because he's a great gifted performer and has great family ties to the business and an athletic freak and has had delivered great matches but his character is just i'm the top guy so so when you say polarizing why is it polarizing (laughs) because you'll literally have 50 percent of the audience booing him and why is that at the same time I mean, kind of like what Austin said, Roman Reigns is very appealing to children still. And obviously, I guess I women too, I guess. I mean, he's a good looking guy. And no, I mean, I there are even it. some. You don't see it? Okay, whatever. She's a Seth Rollins guy. Guy? <laughs> like, you like Seth Rollins. Uh, oh, no, no, you missed the guy. Like, <laughs> she has I know, a vagina. And taller Seth I, Rollins. Don't no. forget tall Seth Rollins. What? I was, I was kind of mocking. Drew McIntyre, I know. Drew McIntyre. I gotta explain myself. I was mocking the Paul Heyman guy thing, which you apparently don't know. Why so would I know that? Oh Austin. wait, you. So you are. 
We're here to be educated, Austin. And you're I mocking. I made a reference. Her ignorance. Wrestling references. First, you. All right. First, you question <laughs> my sexuality, and now you're calling me a hick. Man. This is going great. Okay, so. Love you guys. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Tardy's Collector Corner in Grand Rapids Comic Con. Okay, so is that is uh, that the reason that everyone hated Cena? I know you brought that up because that was one of my questions. I was like, why does everyone hate Cena? Um, other than it's, I hate Cena. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. It's kind of just that he beat. It was super Cena, super Roman. Like they were unbeatable. That like super character, like. Even if it's a guy that the fans obviously want to see more of, Roman would still find a way to beat him. And beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania and stuff like that, like it was just, this character doesn't lose, it felt like always. I don't know. That was more so with Cena than Reigns. Reigns has lost a lot of matches, so Reigns is really confusing to me. I think it's honestly just the bland, straightforward character being shoved down our throats just the same way that Cena and past top babyface guys were in the past and he's it's just not working no one of the big things with cena for me was the fact that not only would he not lose he would overcome the most ridiculous odds and still win so (laughs) you guys know what a finisher is correct i'm not trying to talk down no 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 no, just making sure no no no. tell explain to me what this is because i have a lot of terminology questions that i want you to answer (laughs) So a, a finishing maneuver is typically the the last move by a wrestler. So for like John Cena, it's it's called the attitude adjustment. He puts them on their shoulders and flips them off real quick. Sounds very sexual. Yeah, yeah, sometimes get used to that. Yeah. It used to be called right. the fu, but then they went from TV PG yeah. thirteen. So it's <laughs> it, the finishing maneuver is just kind of a sign to the crowd that like, oh, the match is about to be over. And then if they kick out, if the opposing wrestler kicks out, it's like, holy shit this match isn't over, even though he just hit his last move, what the hell is going to happen next? And that's called a false finish. So the fact that Cena would get hit with like 72 finishers, I'm over-exaggerating, but uh, another wrestler would hit a lot of, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Sledge. (laughs) Another wrestler would hit uh, one of his finishers on John Cena and John Cena would kick out. And then another wrestler would hit a finisher and John Cena, it's like, the guy cannot be stopped, and it's getting to a point where it's absolutely ridiculous, and you're not telling a story anymore. You're simply... Well, it's kind of like Roman. Yeah, it's the same thing yeah, over you're and simply over. taking the finishers and kicking out and just making it look ridiculous at this point, to where it's not even fun. Um, so something I've loved about Cena since then is the fact that he's been able to build his character and actually tell a story in the ring. Um, for instance, when John Cena and Roman Reigns face each other at... I can't remember. No Mercy, I think it was, last year. Uh, John Cena hit the attitude adjustment, I want to say four times on Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns kicked out. So, But then Roman (laughs) Reigns hits one finisher on John Cena, and Roman Reigns wins. So it's it's just a weird dichotomy. Ooh, we're not even going to try and say that word. It's a weird conundrum. I don't even know if that makes sense either. Dichotomy. Dichotomy. So, so what you're saying is that Cena, for whatever reason, played some sort of how how do you say uh, role to bring in an audience through his theatrics. That you know, despite all the odds, he was the protagonist through it all. Yep. Yes. Yeah, no, no matter if the crowd booed or cheered him, he was the protagonist 
build through the announcers and the story being told in the ring and the way he delivered his moves and the way he sold the other guy's moves and stuff like that. John Cena was, was the, the hero. When was the last and, I mean, time there was a minority protagonist in the WWE? There were, I mean, Roman Reigns, technically. But, uh, and then... Yeah, he, him, and yeah, and the then the Rock. rock. Yeah, the rock so and... what you're here, what I'm hearing is guys that can pass as white. Well, Rey Mysterio, he wasn't, he wasn't white. It's he's he's Mexican. Eddie Guerrero was Mexican. Um, the the non-white is top there a guys black are very guy? few and far between. Booker, Booker right T now would be the closest in history. And so this Booker is kind of in history. <laughs> Oh, oh, I got you. This I got is you. kind of like my thing that I saw with all of this. Like, yeah, and this is judging base, basically on my knowledge of Vince McMahon. He was a racist. Uh, and, and, like, we can quote him as being racist, of using very racist terminology and stuff like that, as being the godfather of the WWE and the XFL, which I know we, we're not getting into. Uh, uh, and uh, whose daughter is apparently going to be taking over much, much more because apparently she's more progressive. Uh, like, I don't know. It just seemed to me that there was so there was a lot of unsaid things going on in modern. Well, I wouldn't say modern day wrestling, but wrestling back when I was a kid that I was told to shy away from. Oh, you were encouraged against it? What do you him? mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. My parents told me, don't watch wrestling. That's not for you. All right? <laughs> and, and so, like, uh, now my dad, uh, blue, my dad was a youper. Uh, like, he was a blue-collar guy <laughs> that made him, you know, that built, you know, bootstraps kind of guy uh, on up. Uh, and, like, my friends that were the Zeeks, mine, you know, he would in- actively encourage me to no, mm-hmm. no play with them. You know, they're not go- they're not gonna give you anything, and and stuff like that. And so, like that that is my like I I've seen a shift because the people that I know that like wrestling aren't that, but at the same time, the people that I knew growing up are totally that. Can you maybe explain how wrestling started? Like, how did it turn into what it is now? Because maybe that will help with some of the... Because I know I'm curious how this all started. I've been watching Glow, which, yeah, like... How it got to the way it is now? So you don't have, like, the nutshell version. How did this get televised? How did it become what it is today? Like, what are, like, the, the leap because, years in wrestling? Like, I know people like Chris Hardwick have talked on Nerdist plenty of times about his Memphis roots mm-hmm. and the wrestling coming up out of Memphis, and it's something that I just... I never got. Memphis was uh, legit because, I mean, you got Andy... That's where Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler did their bit together and stuff like that, and Andre the Giant came through there a lot, and then you've got the Jarrett family... And just, I mean, that's a super, super entertaining region and stuff like that, historically. But, shoot, wrestling on TV dates back to basically TV becoming a thing in households. Like, it was guys like Vern Gagne and stuff like that. And 
uh, the original Nature Boy and just, just stars like that, Fritz von Erich and people like that, like in the 50s and 60s. And then in the 70s, so like guys like superstar Billy Graham for the WWF at the time became like the first like Hulk Hogan character. Like inside wrestling was still very occult following, but I mean, that was a guy that kind of drew attention because he was a larger than life character. And then 1983, 1984 happened and Hulkamania went nuts. And that was the modernization of wrestling as it was. It was Hulk Hogan becoming champion against all odds, against the Iron Sheik, and the, the uh, industry's never looked back. I mean, that's, Vince McMahon started his worldwide domination tour pretty much after that on the backs of Hulkamania and on the backs of the creation of WrestleMania. Plus, it was the fact that everyone thought it was real. Uh, there was no indication that it was pre-scripted by any means. Yeah. Until the the Madison Square Garden incident. Um, so the fact that everyone thought this was an actual fight going on in the ring really kind of drew some crowds because it's, I mean, it, equated to boxing. Was that or, Geraldo Rivera? Was that him? Because Madison Square Garden. I I remember. I I don't know. I remember as a child, Geraldo, like talking to wrestlers, you know, like pointing in their face saying, this is fake. And then like slapping him in the face and be like, does that feel fake to you? <laughs> you know, you know, kind of stuff like that. And like, as a child, yeah. it was like a seven year old child. I was like, yeah, that's fake. Like that's, <laughs> that's so obviously fake. You didn't even hurt that guy, you know, no. and, like no. who obviously should get his ass kicked, you know? <laughs> uh, and so, uh, like for me, like growing up kind of like there was this Santa Claus complex built around wrestling. And so when you talk to kids of a certain age, you always talk to them like, oh, it's totally real. This is absolutely happening. And there was a wink and a nod going on. And like Santa Claus. Yeah. And and so like there was a certain point where you stopped pretending and I don't know there there's there's a, a I is there an extended ad, adolescence that goes on now like I don't know <laughs> so like Isaac. Isaac Isaac's I believe around 10 yes. years old I he obviously gets he obviously gets very invested when when he was there at Raw and Rollins lost the IC title. He yeah, freaked out. Yeah, he's very sad. Uh, Drew got a great picture of that. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Does he know it's it's an act? It's even, theater. It's, even you, you can't say it's fake. I I won't say it's fake because it's not fake. People have died in the ring. People have been hurt in the ring. Um, if you've ever t- taken a bump in the ring, it, it hurts. It's not fun. It's scripted, like. bumps yeah they're designed in a way to take them as safely as possible but shit still goes wrong and i mean a lot of these like i mean this this shit's real man (laughs) i mean guys get hurt violence so yeah Yeah. it's scripted that's a great way to put it in a way yeah and and i and it's just um, i will say in watching from what i've watched these are tremendous athletes Oh, yeah. uh, they are they are honed, they are cut. I don't know how much of that is chemically enhanced. 
Um, they're pretty strict on that. I'll just jump on that right now. Their wellness policy is strict, and I mean, they have even suspended top guys if they fail a test, like Roman Reigns, Roman publicly Reigns. suspended. That's huge. I mean, the fact that they suspended Roman Reigns, that's unheard of. That's something they would have overlooked and covered up in the 80s and the 90s if that program were in place. And, and Chris Benoit murdering his family really changed the way <laughs> WWE Sorry, looked at I I get that reference. Okay, wow. I get that reference. Hold on. Let's okay. dive into we that. We need to talk right. about what happened in Madison Square Garden because I am still really curious what happened with that. Oh, and yeah. I want to know Sorry. about Take that one, this um, murder. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, we'll Take Madison go Square right Garden into that. then. Madison Square Garden. Okay, this is at a time when... Um, you know, you kind of, it was looser than back in the days, but back in the days, like, the good guys were forced to sit in their own locker room, and the bad guys were forced to sit in their own locker room, K- keeping kayfabe, what's real in wrestling, As what's say, real between explain, the ropes. You're going to have to explain kayfabe now. Kayfabe is what's real in the wrestling world, so it's what's not real, you know, it's a, it's a work, you're working them, it's not a shoot, a shoot is real, a work is kayfabe, you know, a character is kayfabe, keeping kayfabe. You know, uh, separating the baby faces and the heels is keeping kayfabe, and that's why they used to do it. And about in 1995, uh, wrestling was still kind of selling itself as we're real, this is real sport, and which was a dying, dying, dying fight. And then Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall murdered that notion and skipped, not like Chris Benoit murdered, but like murdered that notion. And, um, sorry. Uh, and, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> and after a match, like that's said, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash had just signed with the rival company, WCW. And after this non-televised ma- match at Madison Square Garden, they all did the click symbol. They all kissed fingers, you know. They, they kissed their fingers together, and it really set Triple H back by a couple of years because he went to the bottom of the barrel. Shawn Michaels was the top guy, so he was safe, but Scott and Kevin are on the way out. This was bad guys and good guys embracing each other in the ring for the first time, breaking kayfabe. Like, it was historic, it changed the game, and crazy. It's absolutely crazy. It kind of moved the the industry into the 21st century a little bit, you know, a little bit deeper at least, and um, yeah. And then, oh yeah, the Chris Benoit incident? Uh, you want that one, or should I just keep going? Uh, you can take it if you want. <laughs> okay. It's so Chris depressing. Benoit, Chris Benoit was, like, one of the, like, all right, he was, like, let's say the purest's favorite wrestler of, like, the 90s and early 2000s. Like, he was the best worker in the ring. He told the best stories in the ring. He wasn't the get, that gifted on the mic or as, so like, technical. an actor. Yeah, so he was technically okay. perfect. Wait, wait, wait. And... Okay, you got to break that down. So when you say so technical, what do you – because when my brother Jim was an all-state mm-hmm. wrestler in Michigan, all right, an actual okay. wrestler, all right, so there, there's, like – when you say technical, what do you mean by technical? Everything he does is crisp and believable. Like, he's doing German suplexes. He's doing suplexes. He's doing throws. He's doing headlocks. He's doing submissions that look real. He's doing double leg takedowns. He's doing single leg takedowns. Everything he does is clean, crisp, and tells a story. He hones in on a body part. If someone attacks a body part of his, he sells it. I mean, it's just kind of like doing all the little things right. And kind of just being like, it's like being Peyton Manning, if you okay. will, like comparison. It's not just doing all the super athletic jumps and springboards and jumping off the top rope. Like when Chris Benoit was in the ring, it felt like he was actually performing a wrestling match. He, he was a guy who looked yes. like he could be an amateur wrestler, but he just happens to be in WWE. Um, with, he, he, go ahead. With a name like Benoit, which seems to me being French Canadian. 
Yep. And, and yes. he had success? Yes. Oh, yeah. He had great success. He he was in the WCW, ECW, New Japan, and WWE. And, I mean, he main evented WrestleMania 20 from Madison Square Garden and beat Triple H and Shawn Michaels to win the heavyweight title. Like, that's how big of a deal this guy was. I mean, this guy was... the. I mean, he worked stiff. And here's another term for you. Stiff is when that guy, it looks like he's beating the shit out of the guy he's facing because he actually kind of is beating the shit out of that guy he's facing. Like, he's throwing his chops hard. He's throwing his shoulder blocks hard. He's ripping the suplexes hard. And the guy is selling it because, I mean, he's actually kind of getting his ass beat. Like, he's safe. <laughs> like, I love the saying, like, they were talking about a guy working stiff the other day when a guy got hurt. And it was like, somebody was asking Fit Finley, I always knew you were there, but I was always safe. <laughs> Just like, you're taking hits, but you're safe. So, so, and Chris Benoit would kick the shit out so of you. So you're telling me a guy that's stiff is hard. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> Damn it. I'm, All right. I'm both. I think we need another serious question. Stacy. <laughs> we didn't even get to the yeah, point where we, wanna, we talked about, the, about murders. the murders. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So Chris Benoit was like, a big deal, big deal, big deal. You know, a lot of neck injuries, a lot of injuries. He did a flying headbutt off the top rope. And one day, or one weekend, he was scheduled to face CM Punk for the ECW title at the Vengeance pay-per-view in 2004 or 2005, I believe, maybe 2006, one of those years. And he didn't show up for the house shows on the Friday or Saturday, and he no-called the, or he, he called in, but he didn't show up for the pay-per-view, and they found him, his, like, 10-year-old boy and his wife murdered in his house, like, over the span of, like, three days, and they think it was either steroid abuse or just post- concussion deal so like they did this wellness policy and this and that covers concussions and that covers steroids and that covers weed and that covers cocaine and it covers drugs and hgh and stuff like that and it pretty much started with the chris benoit incident i mean this is how this went down this shit happened over that weekend on monday night they did a tribute show to chris benoit and they found out like an hour after that aired that he murdered his family, so the next night they had to open apologizing for running a tribute show on a guy who just Ooh. murdered his family. Oh, like, that's how fucked up this was. I still remember that tribute show because I tuned in, and Vince McMahon yeah. is just sitting in the ring empty, and I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, why, the why, fuck? why are there no lights? Why are there no pyro? Like, why? Where? There's nothing. And he says Chris Benoit died or whatever. This whole three-hour show is going to be dedicated to him. I believe it's three hours at the time. And two hours, two okay, hours. Okay, two hours at the time, sure. And they just yeah, they sh they had a bunch of tribute matches, and then they had a bunch of wrestlers just sitting in a chair talking about their memories. And yeah. uh, the next night, like you said, Vince McMahon said there will never ever again be a mention of Chris Benoit because of what happened. They didn't yeah. outright say right then and there what happened, but uh, it was on CNN, it was on NBC, CBS, yeah. it was on every news channel. And then it became a huge deal. I remember uh, Jericho went on Larry King to talk about. Uh, concussions and drugs and steroids and all that stuff and it just became a huge ordeal not just for WWE but for head injuries as a whole for steroids as a whole it was just a tragic thing if you ever look at yeah. some of the uh, the stuff that's come out about Chris Benoit since then it's it's insane like the amount of detail that he went into that cry, uh, I don't even know what to call it the crime the crimes oh it's insane there's a like lot place of in bibles and stuff he hung himself yeah. with his weight yeah. machine three days Whoa. later, like yeah. messed up, like, like messed up, like super messed up. And it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, when that happened, it was like, what? Yeah. I mean, it, that changed I'm wrestling more too. I'm about that later. From the, uh, the outside. Yeah. Super and, interesting. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. 
and the and the Benoit the Benoit thing kind of had an impact on Daniel Bryan because it, Daniel Bryan had a bunch of head injuries and they're like you know you've got one too many concussions we can't allow you to wrestle anymore, and it took, near, I think it was three years wasn't it before he was allowed to come back two to three years, so we're just now getting Daniel Bryan back because they were that cautious like we can't have Daniel Bryan go crazy and for lack of better term so it's still having a huge impact if you get a concussion they, you're sitting Dolph Ziggler when he won the world title he had a concussion and he had to sit for like a month and a half before they ever let him get so back yeah. in the ring holy shit and props to them and and one thing about their wellness policy and I'm not here kissing the WWE's ass but if if a former current a former or current superstar like say a guy from the 70s or the 80s goes to drug rehab the WWE will pay for all of that for them, Scott. regardless if they worked one day or they worked 19 years. And that's a part of their wellness policy. Like, they are looking to take care of their own guys just because, like I saw in your preview, like, they are not unionized. They are independent contractors. So it's like when they leave the promotion, when they retire, at least, like, if they go to rehab or they need to have physical therapy done, the WWE will cover it. They'll cover all the surgeries. They'll cover all the rehab. They'll cover all that stuff and stuff like that. And it's great. And it's worked wonders for a lot of guys, but yeah, in the moment, you're kind of your own travel agent, medical agent, and stuff like that. So it's super catch twenty two ish. So uh, yeah, you to lighten the mood, and, you know, because uh, uh, that that is touching on some of my questions that I had there, like whether or not they yeah. supply their own folding chairs. Uh, th- yeah, there's no union. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm comparing it to the NFL in my mind. With uh, you're saying that the WWE provides all these protections now, post this Benoit incident, uh, and I and yep. I can't think, uh, and I'm equating McMahon to Roger Goodell, you know, uh, so, <laughs> uh, equating one asshole to another asshole. Uh, go figure. Uh, and and so like, what protections? Honestly, can can wrestlers unionize? Mm. Uh, I don't even I, I don't even know the answer to that question. You know, like, no, I would say because they're actors, right? I mean, there's the Screen Actors Guild for Hollywood, like. And a lot of them, yeah, do become screen, like, SAG members, but, like, I mean, shit, even Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake is a SAG member, so it's stuff like that, but, yeah, I mean, they have, uh, they have not unionized in WWE. They have not. There's no wag. Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. lame. I, I, I don't know <laughs> that it would ever, I, I think there's been a push for it before in the past, uh, I don't know if there's been enough of like a movement to make it happen. I mean, I think that's the thing that has to really make a union work is there has to be some sort of movement. Uh, when I was in Buffalo, I was part of a union because you had to be if you wanted to work there. Mm-hmm. But there was an incident where uh, someone got hit by a car while out on the job as a photographer in the 60s or 70s. And ever since then, they're like, yo, we don't want unsafe working conditions. We're going to start a union. Uh, I, there, there just hasn't, from what I know, there hasn't been a huge movement of wrestlers to make it happen. Uh, CM Punk, he just got done with a lawsuit against WWE, or defending himself from a lawsuit, a defamation lawsuit from WWE. And if you know, if that's not going to start a movement of someone going after a former wrestler who is super popular with everyone, well, not everyone in the locker room, with the majority of the locker room, uh, 
I don't know what would cause... I don't know if there's been a big enough incident. As weird as that sounds, there's a guy who murdered his family. But I don't know if there's been a big enough incident <laughs> to start a union. I mean, Owen Hart died in the ring, and they didn't... Yeah, fell from the rafters and died in the ring. Or the and they carried on with the pay-per-view. Right. I, like, that's just kind of the wrestler mentality. Is like, you get hurt, you just keep going. Or apparently, if you die, you finish the show. Um, they finished the show after a guy fell from the rafters and died in the ring. They announced that he died <laughs> and then continued the show. So Bret Hart, his brother, was in the back. Or was he in WCW at that no, point? No, he was in WCW at that My point. Because uh, Owen was working as the Blue Blazer that's right. again. That's right, good call. So to me, this, this right. speaks to the incredible <laughs> marketing machine. That yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like this, like there are all these problems that you're trying to sell to people like me that have these inhibitions, uh, these built-in inhibitions against it, and you're you're telling me all of these things. Why should I be interested in something? that seems as corrupt as the NFL uh, or as, you know, uh, that cares less about drug policy as the Tour de France. Hey, fuck you, Sledge. Can I answer this for Sledge? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to be a bad okay. guy. So it's, the reason I want to answer this is because I had the same exact questions that you have. When I first started, when I went with my friends Drew and John um, we, we took Isaac with us we went to a house show in Kalamazoo and I remember thinking like this is going to be super lame but I like trying new things so I'm going to go and I just remember like halfway through I'm like okay this is I mean I kind of get it it's cool like they're doing real things but fine whatever and then oh who's I think it was Baron Corbin came out and he handed um, <laughs> maybe it wasn't Baron Corbin one of the bad guys came out he, Eric Rowan Eric Rowan, Eric Rowan. He handed Isaac a balloon big, and yeah. then he popped it right in front of him and I looked at that guy like I am gonna freaking murder <laughs> you <laughs> and I was in it I'm like alright okay I get it I get it now because it's it's I'm it's theater here. It is live theater, but it is violent, so it's very entertaining to watch when they do it correctly. It is. And being at a live show, there is something that is different about it because you can physically hear things slapping. There's no, like, audio. They're not stomping the the uh, the mat or whatever that they call that, the ring. They're not stomping that when they hit somebody to make it sound like you can hear the sound of skin on skin contact. So it's, it's very, wait, you can hear that. You can hear it. You could, you can hear that over the, the, you know, slapping of skin of the overweight, you know, white guy, (laughs) uh, like the row in front of you that, Hey, (laughs) definitely in cargo. (laughs) shorts. Oh, man, we're wow. low blowing tonight, aren't we? <laughs> Ooh. Wow. No, I've been watching wrestling obsessively since 1995, <laughs> yeah. so it's like... You child. You can't even hurt my feelings. <laughs> you baby. That's because you're a hick with an absentee uh, father. <laughs> oh, wait. All right, how'd I do, guys? Did I do okay? Jesus. 
Yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah very well. Nah, let the man explain it. Just wow. kidding. I'm just joking. Says the man with her girlfriend. Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just joking. You're sleeping on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Let me mansplain this segment real quick. No. Oh, this is going to be a bitch no, editing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the entire court of lunch hates Ben now. And especially when I dropped my controller and stopped recording for like 12 seconds. Jesus. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you have a date? Do you have a timestamp for that? Because that's going to make things worse. Oh my God. That's so brave. Oh, fuck. No, um, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, there I, any more I, questions? I do. I've okay. I, I have. Uh, Get into it. I'm All right. here. So what is a level change, quote unquote? Uh, when I heard level change uh, by an announcer, uh, I, I immediately thought Goku was transforming from <laughs> Super Saiyan to Ascended Saiyan. Or if, if, if you're in current, you know, DBS, you know, he went from Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Blue to Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Ultra Instinct. So uh, that that's where I'm at for uh, what Leveling is a level change? should just be called hulking up, basically, is what it's referred to, named after Hulk Hogan. Right, I'm gonna, I'm he'd get the up. absolute shit kicked out of him, then he would hulk up, and he'd be unbeatable, and he'd get three Mom, moves, and he'd win. One, two, three. Thanks, Mom. Right, Austin? Pretty much that? Yeah, I... I mean, that's what... I don't know level up directly, to be completely honest with you. I'm assuming it's like hulking up. Yeah, leveling up is not a term that I've actually heard too often in wrestling. But I, like Ben said, I would assume it's hulking up, or Daniel Bryan kind of does it now, where he just, like, starts shaking his body really fast and it looks like he's getting super aggressive. Uh, it's just... It's... What's it called in WWE 2K? Uh, the comeback. It's like when you when you start getting yeah. a comeback move, it's... It's the kind of idea that, or a hot tag, it's something that's going to insinuate to the crowd that, like, yo, oh, I'm so a momentum are, burst. A momentum burst, yeah. The momentum's about to change real fast, and shit's about to get crazy for the good guy, usually. What is a blow-off? Is it as sexy as it sounds? <laughs> a blow-off? Like a blow-off match? The feud. Yeah. The, 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 the climax, the end to a major feud, like... Let's say, like, Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin been feuding for months and their blow-off matches for WrestleMania 17. It's the big moment of the feud. The culmination of a feud. What is a penetration step? Damn it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? Like, penetration like, step? Yeah, what Like, this fuck? was literally on the YouTubes <laughs> that I was looking at the top ten. <laughs> are, you, are you on amateur wrestling? By YouTube's, he means you porn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, you porn. No, no, no. Uh, Literally, (laughs) it was like uh, looking at wrestling. You porn spot. And somebody, (laughs) it seemed like stepping in, and and the announcer's like, "Oh, he's taking a penetration step." I don't know what the hell you've been watching, but I've never heard that. The only well, thing I can think of is well, that they're stepping towards the other wrestler. Oh, Yeah, I, I, I really don't know that one. But while we're on the subject of U-Porn, they actually sponsor a professional wrestler named Joey Ryan. Ben, stop! <laughs> ben, you know too much. Oh, Keep it sleazy. Adding yeah. legitimacy. 
Who's the teen mom who's getting part of wrestling now? Let's just fucking ruin Vera Abraham. Of course you know her name. <laughs> Let's just ruin all of wrestling. Amen. What What is the deal with pointing at the air? Oh, like pointing um, to the WrestleMania sign? Yeah. I think pointing to the sign, oh my god, it's this thing that they started doing when they started, like when it's WrestleMania season after the Royal Rumble, they would always hang the big WrestleMania light up at Raw and SmackDown. And they would always, like, instead of using words, just point to it. Like, that's where stuff's gonna happen, motherfucker. <laughs> so, uh, instead of articulating, they gesticulate. When Ronda Rousey debuted at the Royal Rumble, she just fucking pointed at a WrestleMania sign for three minutes. Oh, that is exciting. Is that because she can't no. act? Mm. Oh, she's, she's getting, getting a lot better. I'll give it to her. She's great. Dude, in she's Grand great. Rapids, when she she's great. I think that was. Yeah, she's face. so great that she didn't get the. Alexa Bliss. Yes. She didn't get the Captain Marvel part, did she? No. Hey. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, yeah. One last question. Uh -oh. Is Thunder in Paradise Thunder. the gr a great TV show, or was it the greatest TV show? Oh my god. The greatest. The next Baywatch, man. Yeah. I, I, can't. I watched I can't. that as a child. <laughs> did you I really? I totally did. Oh my god! Like I love hearing interviews with Hulk Hogan, and he's like, "They thought they told me it was gonna be the next Baywatch, brother. I thought I was done with wrestling and acting, brother." Like brother, seriously, brother, brother. that boat was so fucking cool. <laughs> it was. It was, and Hulk was sweet on that show. I, I mean, he was on. Yeah. I just remember listening to Something to Wrestle, which is another podcast that kind of shows behind the scenes back in the 90s when Bruce Pritchard, who used to be known as Brother Love, he comes on uh, with the, with his podcast host, Conrad Thompson, who we'll, who we've talked to on our podcast. Yeah. Uh, just a little, That's right. small little plug ski. You didn't even notice it. Uh, but I did. Uh, they were. You called it out. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was called The Joke, Ben. <laughs> I can't win with any Brought of you. Brought to you by Tardy's Collection Corner in Grand Rapids, Comic-Con. I love you guys so much. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Sorry. Something to wrestle. They talked about how Hogan was so involved in that show <laughs> that he left WWE at periods of time because, like Ben said, he thought that was going to be his next thing. He thought he could be done with wrestling. And then, you know, didn't quite turn out to be the next Baywatch. Well, and that was, I mean... To, to me, I I didn't think of it as Baywatch. I thought of it as Knight Rider on the water. Ooh. Yes, yes. Nice. And and Stacy is too young to remember any oh, of this. Oh, you're sweet. Stacy's like 14. Well, you're like, Stacey, what, 22? You older than me? That's, yes. <laughs> Good man. Hey, Sledge, you're my favorite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm yelling in the background. Wait, are you older than me? <laughs> I actually, I Fucking think I bad. am older than, than Sweetwater. Yeah. Oh. I think I'm I am. 20, I'm 29. You're 29, Ben? Are we gonna, Austin, how old are you? I'm I, yeah. I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. Gotta love See, that's me. why you get picked on all the time. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. I hate him. Because he sucks. Stakes. Hey, Ben, I've got two words for you. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> so, so. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I keep, while I was watching uh, all these things on YouTube, uh, other than the conservative mm -hmm. 
radio, television podcast that kept disparaging, you know, mainstream media as being liberal lies. Uh, I saw advertisements for The Miz and The Misses. Yeah. Oh, we Miz need to talk to John. He likes those trash, Russell-centric yeah, shows. <laughs> Miz and Misses? Uh, Miz? Do you know who Miz is, like? I, uh, Do you recognize him from enough, anything else? Weirdly enough, I do from back in <laughs> graduate school. Yeah. Yes. There was, uh, it was MTV, right? Yes! yes! Get <laughs> it! Get no. it! And it was a guy that got in a fight in Paris because it was like, oh, real world Paris. And. He did a bunch of the real world World Worlds challenge on top of the real world. Like, yeah. Like, so, uh, I had a professor who was a Francophile. <laughs> and, uh,. He decided that this was a good, like, to post at how terrible Americans were uh, as opposed to the French. And it was the person of the Miz, I don't know his real name, trying to fight a, a Parisian <laughs> who had his hands behind the, his back the entire time. Who was essentially about twice the size of the Miz at the time. And the Miz, like, punched him three times in the face, and the Parisian didn't fall down. <laughs> and so, See, that was, right. that is what I know of the Miz. And, uh, like, how terrible, you know, American culture is, as opposed to nice Parisian boys who are just <laughs> enjoying the night on the town. Yeah, this Utah 16. Uh, Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> Just fucking damn it. But, uh, no, yeah, The Miz was on The Real World, and he wanted to be a professional wrestler, and he would always break off into his character of The Miz. And then he's been, flash forward now, and he's been WWE for, like, 13 years. He's one of the main, like, like, he's been in, like, five of the Marine movies. Yeah, there's, like, six Marine movies. Miz has been in, like, five of them. And now he's got his own reality show with his wife, who he just had a baby with, who used to be a wrestler and a, a model. And stuff. Why does, she's, she's French, actually. Why does this sound like Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey? Oh, yeah. Because it kind of yes. is, probably. Yeah. Kind of is. With a baby. But The Miz, you got to give credit to that guy, because when he started, Hell yeah. he was a dude who no one liked. He was always shit on, because, like you know him, he was strictly the real-world road rules guy. That everyone's like, oh, fuck this guy. He's from reality TV. Get the hell out of here. You're not a real wrestler. And then... He slowly, after he ate a bunch of shit from all the quote-unquote real wrestlers, he just built himself to be a legitimate mainstream WWE superstar. I mean, he won the he mm -hmm. won the WWE title. He beat main event, he main -evented yeah. WrestleMania, beating John <laughs> Cena, which never fucking happens. Yeah. He has nah. almost got the record for IC titles. He's won behind Jericho, I believe. But you say all this yeah. like he's credited in doing something. It's all scripted, right? He's one of the best talkers of all time. It's, he it's, is where he is through his storytelling ability on the microphone. Yes, it's scripted, but you also have to prove yourself to the guys who are writing the script, so to speak. And don't they have to follow because the if crowd you're not good, too? like if the crowd's not to some extent, it, yeah, then you oh, gotta Miz, change it up. Right. So that was a big thing with. Uh, I'm trying to think of a superstar who just shit the bed. Um, 
Like Fandango, for instance. I mean, he was a guy who had a, his first match ever was in WrestleMania against Jericho, and he won. And then the crowd kind of quit buying it. So they were like, yeah, you're done. Are there, he, are, are there actual videos of people shitting the bed? God damn it. Like, no. like Russian <laughs> prostitutes <laughs> urinating on mattresses? Like, Stop. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I, I, and here's the thing before that goes off. <laughs> uh, WWE is so, like, overly controlled now with its writing and creative staff that after Fandango beats Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, they didn't really have anything planned for him other than he's a dancer guy who wrestles. Yep. And it's like there's no... And back in the 90s, it was... I mean, these guys got to ad-lib like crazy, not only in the ring, but on the mic backstage. Like, it was in the wrestler's hands. Like, if you went into business for yourself, you better fucking get over. Yep. That was like, and there's like no going into business for yourself now. There's no individual creativity. You know, it's all scripted, controlled. It's like, sometimes it feels like puppets touching each other. Puppets touching each other. Gross. (laughs) And we found the name of this episode. (laughs) <laughs> That's what WWE feels like is puppets fucking touching each other, just like rubbing those rounded groins. Wow, guys. And on to our next question. <laughs> friction, friction, friction. Okay, so. Ben. Okay, so I too was doing a YouTube marathon. <laughs> I was doing a YouTube marathon as well before this, before this cast. You guys are killing me. You broke Sweetwater. I hope you're happy. <laughs> yeah. The nicest friction, guy we friction, ever met, Stacy. You broke him. I am <sighs> woken. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my God. I think he's Friction, Oh, that got All me. Right, so, <laughs> so I was watching YouTube, and I saw it was like the top ten craziest something or others. And Jeff Hardy swan dives off of a ladder. Swanton. Swanton, is that what it's called? Swanton bomb. It's called the Swanton okay. bomb. Yeah. So, That's where, kind of this like, where did the ladders come from? Because all of a sudden, they're just ladders. And it's... Under the ring. I meant like... Is ladders that, are us. Ladders are us. Yes, Ben! Yes! 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 Fucking did not rehearse that. Nope. We just said ladders are us knew across it. the stage. That's because we fucking knew it. I am immediately Under- picturing John Oliver like <laughs> pitching like ladders on l- last week tonight. Yep, I deserve. This. Are you guys getting money from like Ryobi or something? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Oh man. I, f- I forgot what the question was. You never know when you're going to need a ladder. Oh, where do they get the okay. ladders? Oh, okay. I think they get yeah, them from like, well, like a Home Depot store. Like, did they get the ladders to kind of reinforce the fact that, yeah, this shit is real. Like, these guys are really injuring themselves and they're doing real stunts. Is that part when of the guys, When the guys go through the ladders, like you'll see a guy go through a ladder, those are working ladders. Like, that's not like a real metal ladder that's breaking in half. Like... Most of the weapons in the ladders are what they call working weapons. Like, it's not real, but it's real. Like, if you ever see a guy go through glass in wrestling, he's going through sugar shit. You know, and stuff like Except that. For like, I Shane mean, it's McMahon. like acting weapons. Except for Shane McMahon and Goldberg when he decided to punch a limousine. Going into, yeah, he ad-libbed a punch through a limousine window and put himself out of action for seven I months. I saw that clip in my YouTube John's boy. Uh, experience tonight. Yeah. Go. Yeah. 
Yep. So, but he like lacerated his arm. Yeah, they'll they'll throw Sorry. in. No, you're good. They'll throw in weapons and stuff just to kind of make it more seem more dangerous. So the match you watched was probably a TLC match, or it could have been just the fact that Jeff Hardy wanted to throw a ladder into the equation because that's kind of his character. He's nuts and he loves mm-hmm. Daredevil stuff, and he's all about the adrenaline factor. So uh, the TLC match was one that he helped uh, invigorate. I guess is a good word. He. Him and his brother. Artificially inseminate. Stop it. <laughs> so, Go uh, ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm going to riff with uh, the Stacy here. Uh, like, I have your appreciation of Goldberg right with right? me. Uh, be- because of him taking on the, uh, the, the United Kingdom's boxing weight heavyweight champion on the Grand Tour. All for real. Which I'm sure Austin and Ben have no knowledge ha, of. We know more than you on something. Well, we knew that. It's just not wrestling. Yeah, it's definitely Jesus. not wrestling. Except yeah. it was Goldberg. It was Goldberg. Yeah, I know. He, Who apparently can drive a Supra very well. Very, very well. Quite impressive. And when I saw him on there, really? I was like, that dude That's looks awesome. familiar. Like, where have I seen him before? And then I heard... Jeremy Clarkson say, oh, Goldberg. And I'm like, I think that dude's a wrestler. And then I looked him up. I'm like, this dude is freaking awesome. awesome. <laughs> Cause he's, he's been doing a lot of shows lately. Like he did that forged and fire show. I haven't heard of that. No, it's cool. How, he's in his when 50s he didn't now, wrestle he? for like 12 years. He was all about the motorcycles and the cars and all that stuff. So, Hey, I, I, he was with Sean Claude Van Damme in universal soldier at one point that I yes. saw in the theater when I was like 16. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That too. I don't know what the hell you just said. What I. John Cla- John Claude Van Damme. I know J- USA Network star John Claude Van Damme. Wait, Damn. wait, Van wait, Damme. wait, wait. Jean Claude USA Network star kickboxing. I mean, basically. Jam- he is the Belgian <laughs> with the splits, man. I just know John Claude Van Damme because uh, during Monday Night Raw they would always advertise Le Femme Nikita. He played Guile in Street Fighter. Sludge <laughs> so is doubling down. Le Femme Nikita! This, this got off the rails. This episode went off the rails like Grant and I were sitting next to each other. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, do you want to take control of What are we it? talking should about? We, should we end this at some point? Grand Rapids Comic Con was great last weekend, guys. What? Last weekend? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just you mean San Diego Comic Con? What the fuck are you talking I'm, about? No, I was I was making a joke about being off the rails. Good one. It was a joke. And we're also uh, sponsored by Grand Rapids Comic Con at grcomiccon.com. Uh, it'll be at DeVos Hall in Grand Rapids. Michigan. I love how you pulled that into a segue <laughs> uh, then. Yeah, it was a great plug. No one even noticed. Yeah, you keep calling it out. <laughs> Quit calling your spots. Quit calling your spots. I'm going to see them. We should end on Austin. We just stopped talking. No, on Austin and Ben's favorite wrestlers and why. We'll say favorite wrestler. Just pick your favorite. Mm. Stacy is the hero, by the way, of this cast. Well, yeah. We had to have a female to take control. All right. Go ahead, Ben. Start us. Bret Hart is my. favorite all-time wrestler of all time um just because once i bret hart i kind of and he was never like my favorite of all time like growing up in like the 90s and 2000s because i was a kid and i loved stone cold steve austin and the rock and goldberg and hulk hogan and stuff like that 
But like when I started becoming like a smarter wrestling fan and really like diving deep into the archives and really studying the game and stuff, by like 2003, like Bret Hart was like my favorite of all time. Like I could never find a bad match of his. And he just, he was a technician. He was the best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be, the excellence of execution. He could work with any guy, big, small, foreign, American, or Canadian, and he could work as a good guy or a bad guy. You know, he did everything. He did the mid card, he did the main event, he did the tag teams, and he was just one of those guys that, like, you could tell he believed the industry so much that it kind of made you believe in it. Like, you know, it was like, you're rooting for this guy. Like, this, you could just see that this industry was in his blood, you know? I don't know. It, it's hard to explain why one guy is your favorite of all time. Like, I, I'm, I'm well enough off to know that Bret Hart's my favorite of all time, and I think it's pretty much just because when I look at some of my favorite matches and moments of all time and just that guy that's never let me down, it's Bret Hart. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to shock people what's, here. What's funny? Uh, it's, and yeah, it's, it's Sledge. Sledge is making hand motions. Uh, I, mine is not actually CM Punk. Uh, mine is, of all people, The Rock. And it, it strictly has to do with the fact that I got into wrestling because of uh, my grandfather. So my grandfather and I used to sit and kind of shoot the shit about it when I was a young kid. And I only got to see my grandfather a few times a year because he lived in North Carolina. So he would often make the joke that he was The Rock. And I would go, how the fuck is that? I wouldn't say this because I was seven or eight, but I'd be like, how the fuck was that possible? When you're sitting next to me and I'm watching him live on TV, he's black, you're not. He's got two hands, Grandpa. You've only got one hand. My grandpa only had one hand. Well, WWF was into blackface back then. Wow, stop it. (laughs) No, not not quite. They were. They were. They were. Rowdy Rowdy Piper had a blackface moment. It was Road Dog and Billy Gunn blackfaced as Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. Also true. Shit. Um, in 1997. So way to take my story. <laughs> yeah, and you're really... stepping on sorry. Water. Mansplaining over your grandpa story. I'm so sorry. Oh, you know. What an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so my grandpa always kind of insinuated that he was the Rock and that I was uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin because my name was Austin. Um, so that the rock has kind of always been my guy. I've always loved the fact that he can just talk with anyone on the mic. And he's also just a really good dude outside of wrestling and outside of Hollywood. He's just a great dude. There's a great video of him on YouTube talking to, it's a kid who I believe has down syndrome, but he's kind of, uh, having some fun with him after a show and they keep the cameras rolling after the show, which is some of the greatest stuff you can ever see on YouTube is the after show stuff where they just kind of get in the ring and fuck around for a couple minutes um so he's telling this kid like i'm gonna say if you smell and then you say is cooking and he's he goes all right if you smell and then the kid just kind of takes the mic and does the whole bit and the rock goes all right you took my bit you win kid and it was just one of those heartwarming moments that i've always just loved the rock so that's my guy sorry i i felt a blackface story in the (laughs) mid 90s was worth fitting in (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Ben, just ram that right in there, why don't you? I mean, I'm just kind of giving uh, Sledge some more evidence. Here. I, I'm, like, seriously, I'm not looking... I'm trying to be the bad guy here. You're supposed to 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 be the good... Like, you're supposed to showcase... You, stop giving me ammunition. <laughs> trying. No, listen, listen, I was... I grew up when you're kind. I grew up when it was still kind of like uh, looked down upon. Like my dad didn't want me watching wrestling. Yeah, like same. it was like, 
you grow up ashamed watching wrestling, you know, because shit. Until I got out of college, I didn't have many friends that I'd watch wrestling with. I turned Drew and John onto the stuff, so they'd hate me for that. <laughs> and then I met Austin through them. It's like I still don't have a ton of friends I watch wrestling with, so it's like one of those things that you just don't talk about most of the time, and it's stuff like that. So, so ben, you're telling me I gotta hate you now yes. for watching yeah. all these YouTube videos on wrestling, and at some point, I know I'm gonna watch some pay-per-view event because I feel obliged to when the next time I'm, I'm on that So Braven to seem like I'm educated in some way. Maybe we'll have you on the the Women's Evolution pay-per-view because that was a recent announcement that we should probably squeeze in. WWE is doing an all-women's pay-per-view for the first time ever, and that's, like, crazy to see how far we've come just because, like, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, we were still doing, like, broad panties, Playboy penthouse matches in the ring where women would win the match by stripping the other to their thong and bra. What, what, uh, what when's that date? <laughs> October 28th from the Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York. That's Evolution. The so, so here's the thing. That's not the one where they strip each other down to thongs. I think that's what he was looking for. There's going to be I actual wrestling. I don't live that yes. far from Long Island. Do you want to make the the trip out? Yes. I'd love yes. to go to that show and support that. Yes. I hope that that show's not just, like, a bunch of middle-aged dudes in the first three rows. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're friction, they're friction, gonna friction. Have, <laughs> they're going to have the carpet bags with the camcorders. With the oh. with the, yeah. the hole cut out, man. Oh, no. Oh, man. You made it bad. That's, that's where the episodes should end. <laughs> All right. Greasy handjob. No, we Let's definitely go should try and make the trek out there, though. Yes. Do plugs? Yeah, plugs. plugs. All right. Do That's I have you. to? Do I have to rescue this again? <laughs> no, I was just kidding. Uh, That's so Braven and the Court of Nerds podcast network is brought to you by Tardy's Collector Corner. Like them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. Uh, Grand Rapids Comic Con at grcomiccon.com. Follow them on Twitter and Facebook. The announcements keep on coming. Uh, Tom and Cheese. Hardy, Tom and Chi Hardy's Tom and Chi Granville. I can eat it because they've got vegan options and they don't hurt my tum tum. So there you go. Uh, There's our supporters. I'm Captain Dick Sledge from the Court of Nerds, and I am going to promote uh, uh, Marjorie Steele's article on the firing of James Gunn. Uh, first posted on Cosgirl, and then uh, shunted over. To the Court of Nerds. It's a very interesting read. You can hear me, Greg, and uh, Biff talk about it on the latest episode of the Court of Nerds main cast. So uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already uh, to Cosgirl and give Marjorie a like. I'm Sweetwater from the Court of Nerds. I'm going to promote the fact that we have an Amazon link that you can use any time of the week, any time of the day, any time of the hour, any time of the minute. I don't know where this is going. The point is, if you go to thecourtofnerds.com slash Amazon and you click our link, you can buy the stuff that you already buy. You can buy toiletries. You can buy food. You can buy, uh, you know, bags. You can buy cameras. Whatever it is. Dildos. Okay, True. thanks, Ben. You can buy... <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Now I know what Stacy's buying. I'm not buying. Stacy, just so you know. Link. <laughs> oh, you should because it helps Although us out. I so Stacy, next it. time you buy your, oh my god, 
Stacey, the next time you buy a dildo, please go to thecourtofnerds.com slash Amazon. Click that link, buy your dildo, and it gives us a small kickback just for the fact that you went through our link to buy things. It, it adds no extra cost to you. Your dildo still costs whatever it costs, and it gives us, like, you know, a solid little kickback for the fact that you went to that link and bought your dildo. New nickname. Still slides. <laughs> slides right in like it needs to slide in still. Damn it. So, um... Uh, according to nerds, we will also be represented at StarCast. Give them a follow on Twitter and Facebook and head over to StarCast. That's with two R's. <laughs> dot com. It's going to be a pretty ben, lit weekend. Stop, Stop stepping on Stacy. Are you going to let Stacy talk? God damn it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fucking show. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Remember? Remember when we were going to change the name? Guess not now, because it's his fucking show. Go ahead, Stacy. I'll give you the reins. That's still brave. We were going to change it to something with my name still in yeah, it. Yeah, never been over yet. Oh, Anywho, I'm the hammer, and I, if you haven't checked out... This is so terrible. you haven't checked out Sludge and Hammer Nail Cars, check that out. It's awesome. There's a lot of sexual innuendo going on. Oh my god, Ben, back to you. <laughs> I'm not at liberty to talk anymore. We know, you misogynistic right, asshole. I'm just going to close this off. Thank you for listening to That's So Brave. And, uh, That's So Brave will, just ends. We will That's- see you next time where we talk more wrestling and maybe Sledge will be back on for some education. Uh, bye bye. Yeah. I forgot. That's so brave and does just end. There's no like press outro. Press your stop. Just, oh, just, press your stop we just now. We stop talking. Three, two, one. Oh, I got the spinny wheel of death now.